This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, Manchester United have a worldwide fan base. Our own listeners and presenters on the channel come from different corners of the world. Do you get frustrated that you can't watch Manchester United or, for that matter, Premier League football or any certain live sport events because they are not televised or available in your country? Well, friends, we have a solution. Did you know that with NordVPN you can switch your virtual location to a country that is showing the game so you don't miss out. You can watch the action live and then catch up with us to discuss it afterwards. If you're concerned about cybercrime and people stealing your private data, NordVPN has you covered for that as well. It's a one-stop shop for cybersecurity. It's easy to use. You don't have to be a tech genius to use it as well. I can do that, so you can do it as well. With your NordVPN account, you can protect up to six devices There's no hackers, malicious sites, or pop-ups to worry about. That's for the price of one coffee a month. You can have complete peace of mind knowing your devices and data is protected. That is a small price to pay for premium cybersecurity and access to not only sport, but entertaining content from all over the world. You can get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com. Devils 10 to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months for free if you go today. It's completely risk-free with Node's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN forward slash Devils10, and the link is in the comments as well for that. So this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by former United players Lee Lawrence and Phil Marsh to talk over... A decent week at United for a change, and I feel sorry for Keane, who's not here. Um, got a good win to talk about, but I've um, jetted in while Keane's at work. Um, if you're watching the video live on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Subscribe, even not subscribe. Subscribe. And if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. If you're watching on the replay, do feel free to comment. We do reply to that as well. And if you are listening, finally, on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. Lads, it's been a while since I got to talk to you. Um, Phil, 
I'll come to you first. I'm going clockwise. It's not out of preference, Lee, before you get Marty with me. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good. Thanks. Uh, great to catch up with you. Obviously, not seeing you for a while, but yeah, everything's good from my end. Um, <clears throat> said great win um, the other day. I think you know best performance for me that we've we've seen certainly this season. Um, so yeah, lots of positives hopefully to talk about, um, and and obviously we, we will touch on Cristiano's uh, situation probably as well, yeah, which I'm looking good. forward to. <laughs> yeah, can't avoid that one. Um, Lee, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Very busy at work, which uh, sometimes is a good thing, and other times you don't get a chance to do anything you want to do. But I'm not complaining at the moment. Um, but yeah, all good. Uh, everything's all good, my end, mate. Uh, my yeah. village has touched on the fantastic, uh, well, probably one of the best performances I've seen for a long time for United 11. I'm sure we're going to touch on that. And uh, fingers crossed it's going to be a, another happy day tomorrow. Yeah, well, that's going to be one. I mean, you've got to work through the daily to put a radiator on at night these days. Um, so <laughs> let's not get political. It's a football podcast. So in the famous words of Roy Keane, lads, it was Spurs. So United 2, Spurs nil. Um, one of the best performances, Phil, you said that since certainly this season. Um, possibly the best under 10 Hag. One of the best. A lot of people are calling it one of the best since Fergie retired. A lot of high intensity. I've got one um, one little game I'm going to play with you guys a little bit later on after we talk about the game. A little game that I want to bring to you both so you can start thinking about it already. In five words or less, I want you to try and describe United's style in the way that you would want to see it. And did you see those characteristics on on Wednesday against Spurs? Um, Phil, I'll come to you again first with this. 2-0. Um fantastic first half performance and I'm going to be honest gets to half time the intensity is high, something like 18 shots in that first half, 18 or 19 shots some really good saves from Lloris and he's, I'm thinking, I'm going to be honest not being pessimistic but I'm thinking mm, do you know what we might have lost our um, you know we might have lost the chance here you know what I mean, the momentum but then we score early on in the second half and it restores that the team come out playing it's exactly the same kind of intensity throughout at least 75 minutes they kept it up and then I don't even think there was a necessary control in there it's just that you know Spurs sort of they had nothing and United were able to see the game out from that point once we started making the changes um you said Phil one of the best performances of the season I think that's unquestionable nobody's going to query that um do you think it's fair to even put it in the bracket of like one of the the best in the last nine years yeah, as I said, uh, when I think for me it was um, one of the, the the best, if not you know the best that I've seen in a very long time. Um, complete performance for me, as close as you sort of uh, going to get at this moment in time, as where we are as a club of you know what what we would expect, and obviously the the benchmark has been has been set now with that performance. I think you know one to eleven, every single player, um, energy, you know, desire confidence on the ball um you know looking to do the right things and making right decisions um and yeah it was just great to watch i mean we, we we've sort of watched a lot of different styles in that nine years you've probably just touched on there with different managers different players um and for me that the other night was was sort of some of the football that i've you know been waiting to see for a very long time um 
I think, you know, the, the pressing you touched on was brilliant. Um, defensively, you know, to keep Tottenham, um, you know, to, to a couple of shots during the game with the, with the attacking prowess that they've got is, you know, a, a job in itself. Thought, you know, going forward, we looked a threat. Obviously, you know, Lloris had a, an absolute fantastic game and, and, you know, the game probably could have been four or five mil and that wouldn't have flattered us. Do you know what I mean? I think it was that good of a performance. Um, and yeah, just... You know, for me, I think, you know, the the, the big players turned up. Um, great to see Casemiro. I think that was his best performance by a country mile. I think he's, you know, announced himself now. Um, looks like the player that we all knew um, and, and that we've needed uh, for a long time. thought Bruno, you know, that was his best performance as well for me for a long time. Um, you know, Fred, you know, he's popped up with a goal, uh, gets a lot of criticism, but, you know, he's been you know, in the team for a reason. You know, he, he as I think Ten Hag said to him before the game, are you ready? He says, I'm always ready. And, you know, that's the kind of attitude that you want from from your players. Um, so, yeah, for me, it, it was a, a really great performance um, and lots and lots of positives to take away from that. And and I think I did say this last week to Keane, I think uh, this run of games that we've got at the moment, obviously Newcastle last week uh, was, a, was a little bit of a disappointing result, but not, I wouldn't get too... Um, disappointed with taking a point away from that because they have been in great form as well. I said seven points from these three next three games um, would be a really good return and would keep us on track for, you know, for <laughs> what I think will be a good season for us this year would be finishing in the top four. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lee, um, it, I mean, Phil's just ruined it for you by going through all the star performers. Uh, you know, he's picked them all out. and But it was, it was one of those where you, you, they were all over the pitch, right? They were... They were fantastic. Um, like Hell, Hell is um, she's making some great comments here um, with Kane and Son neutralised. Spurs don't have much to offer. And what is it with goalkeepers having coming to Old Trafford having a world day? Well, I remember the old Brad Friedel days, and we could probably even go further back than that. But yeah, I mean, he did have a, a, a fantastic performance, and it, I think the thing that pleased me most, and and is pleasing me most with the ten hour grain, is that you see him responses. Like a lot of times in the previous. I might even go back like sort of, sort of this like nine years is that but particularly the last year because we, under Ollie we did see a really good provocation from this side you know if they, they they were sometimes really good at like if they were going down at half time they'd come back in the second half they, they were learning um but then under Rangnick it was and under Mourinho at times it was kind of like if they got defeated or if they they had a setback they sort of felt sorry for themselves and the slumps were remarkable but this time um, with a lot of the same players, but probably more down to the management and the leadership, that there are responses. And yeah, we were flat against Newcastle, like Phil said. You've got to give credit to Newcastle, first of all, for the game plan, which they were always going to be unapologetic about. That's the way that they were going to play. And they, they are draw specialists this season for a reason. But you want to see a response from that point. And Spurs are obviously a better side than Newcastle. So to come out and play the way that we did with these star performances all over the pitch, I, I guess putting the, the same question to you, Lee, really, obviously, we I think you'll probably be agreed that it's the best performance of the season. Do you think it, like, in all things considered, it's probably one of the best since we um, since Fergie retired? 100%, mate, yeah. Uh, the, the difference for me, and I've got it wrote down here in massive, big capital letters, is that attitude, mate. Um, for me, 1-11 to 11 all over the park. The work rate and the attitude and um, 
the, the teamwork, what's been missing for a hell of a long time, looked back, you know, it looked like it was finally something was setting in and kicking in and they weren't just working for themselves. It looked like they were working for each other. Um, the midfield with Casemiro and Fred, I thought, worked particularly well um, in that game. I thought they did, you know, they complemented each other really well. Um, I can see why, you know, they start for Brazil in that position. Yeah. Um, but all over for me, Dallo again, he... I say it every week, he's made an absolute mug of me because I thought I wouldn't have put him in the reserves last year. Um, and this year would be probably one of the first names on the on the team sheet. He's, he's having a fantastic uh, a fantastic season up to now. Um, Varane and Martinez at the back, again, solid, clean sheet. Absolutely, like Hellas has said then, neutralised Son and Kane. You know, sometimes they didn't even realise he was on the pitch. You know, he had a, he had a great game against them. Luke Shaw is doing his old trick again where it looks like they bring this player in and he sets the world on fire, uh, which is a good thing. Um, there's nothing better for a squad than having strength in depth and that's what looks like what we've got now in competition. Any competition is, for me is healthy competition. You know, you bring the best out of each other when, when you've got someone who's ready and, and waiting just to nip in front of you if, you if your standards start slipping. So we're building a squad now. It looks like Ten Hag started implementing his ways. Um Especially with the attitude and the you know the running and and the, and the working hard ethic, which which let's be honest, last season it wasn't there on the run. It was completely lost for me. It was just like banging me head against the brick wall every time I watched the team. There was, there was the lack of effort and intensity was unreal sometimes. Um, but the quality, the, the the passing through through midfield with Fernandez and even Fred, and he's not known for his quality of passing, but some of the passes and the three balls he put through the other day, you know, he it's uh, a even surprised me. Um, Rashford again on a, on another day. If it weren't for Lloris, he's scoring an hat trick, you know. Um, but the, the what I was particularly impressed with is is up there on his own. But his work rate was second to none. He was chasing every ball, uh, working hard for the team, and it just seemed something seemed to have clicked. Um, but with me, I always think when we're slightly underdogs, we always seem to perform better than when we're when we're, when we're like you know the favourite to win. Um, but yeah, I, I you can't really add any more than that than what you and Phil said. It, it was a fantastic watch. Um, it's the first time after the full 90 minutes that I, I, you know, I've, I've gone to bed happy and, and pleased with what I've seen. Um, I can't really criticise anyone on the field. I don't think there was there was anyone in particular where you could say, you know, we could have done better or whatever. I thought it was an all round great performance. Yeah, I saw a clip, someone posted a clip of Roy Keane the other day and um you know the timing of his tackles and you forget like because obviously we're in a almost like a generation um where tackling isn't fashionable anymore but the the sort of clip i've seen like keen wrap his legs around and come away with the ball i'm like oh that was good but then you see casemiro do it like the other night he was doing exactly the same kind of things the rangy legs obviously more rangy legs than keen but he was wrapping his legs around and he got booked at one point and he still went in for the tackles after and I was wincing a little bit. But when he went in, he knew that he kind of had that authority. He knew he was going to, you know, he wasn't taking a risk. He still knew he was going to get the ball. Yeah. And, he, and he was he was absolutely outstanding. And I do look at this. Uh, you mentioned Casemiro and Fred playing together for Brazil. Now, I'd be interested in you guys' thoughts on this because obviously Fred is a different kettle of fish when it comes to the kind of opponent that United face now against Newcastle, a team who are going to play back, um, they, they, you know, they're going to make it difficult. So a player like Fred, who's prone to making rasher decisions on the ball, and he's not really a great midfielder for 
for the sake of argument, let's say when you're keeping the ball, when you want to, when you want the rhythm and you're turning the ball over, he's not really, that's not his strength. His strength is playing in a, a game like Spurs where they're going to try and bring the game to you and he can break between the lines. And like you said, there was a great ball to Rashford in the first yeah. half. Wasn't there? Um, do, I mean, obviously, Tenog still, he's still learning this system. He's still learning the squads. He's still learning you know, the right partnership in there. Um, Lee, I'll come to you first because you brought it up about these guys. Do you think that Casemiro and Fred can learn to play together against any kind of opposition? Do you think that this is still a case of 10 hours? You know, right. Fred did have a good game against Spurs, but we've still got to be looking at him and, and deciding the opponents that he can play against in the Premier League because obviously quality on the ball and, and keeping the ball is going to be important in a lot of these big games. Yeah, yeah. That, the, what you just said, though, I would definitely do that. Like I said, we've got the uh, we've got the players now in the squad to rotate um, as of game by game. So, like I say, against the Tottenham or again against the Chelsea, maybe tomorrow, where it looks like we might be put under the cosh a little bit, you know, and, and get one of our. For me, it'd probably be I'd probably start them both again in a game like that. Like I say, when we're just trying to be high intensity and you know get someone a bit clever on the ball and you know the games we should be winning, then you, for me, I'd put Ericsson in there. Um, because obviously he's he's a, he's a he's a lot better at doing what he does and picking a ball out and picking a pass. So the nice thing is again what I mentioned earlier, we've got the depth now to rotate. You know, that being said, it's still learning what his strongest eleven is, I'd imagine. Um, but what what a nice feeling it is to say, well, this this game will put McTominay and Casemiro in, or this game might suit Fred and Casemiro, or this game we might need Fernandez and Eriksson because you know. We should be getting at them and we should be picking the three balls out, you know. So it's a lovely option to have, and it's an option we've not had for a long time. I, I mean, last season, season before that, we've all been crying out for you know decent midfielders, um, not just us. I think everyone, every Man United yeah. fan, was, was all under, under the same impression that you know we needed to strengthen up that midfield, which we have done now. Um, and it's just a nice option to have. Um, I think for me now, if I'm being hypercritical, I think. Um, chances to actually convert in chances probably need to improve um, because, like I say, I think I've brought it down. We had 28 shots the other night. I think 18 in the first half. Um, you know, I, I know Laurie's had a, had a great game, but 28 shots and there was, you know, there was there was some clear-cut chances too in the um, we probably should be knocking another couple of goals in. Um, so if I was going to be critical of anything really, it would just be the converting chances, which I think we need to improve on a little bit going forward. Yeah, um, some good comments coming in. Um, Phil, before we move on to this five words or less United style, um, Casemiro, obviously, um, he, he took his while, well, Tenor took his while to sort of implement him in the side, and you already had that kind of nonsense on socials, you know, like, oh, we've overpaid for him, and oh, he's not putting him in because he doesn't trust him, it's going to be Van der Beek all over again. Where, where do you stand on that? I mean, obviously he's come in, he, he play, he's played fantastic in the last few games. Once he's got his rhythm, once he's found his place in the midfield, I mean, nobody's going to question that. Um, obviously, the jury's out on whether he'll be worth the money in which we've actually paid for him. Um, what, what have you made of him so far? Are you impressed? Yeah, I think, you know, in the in the first couple of games where he come on and had a couple of cameo roles and, you know, he maybe gave a few little balls away because he's probably not used to the the tempo and the high intensity of the Premier League, which we've seen that with a number of players. I wouldn't, you know, put him in a 
categories that I wouldn't with any other players. I think, you know, initially when you come to this league and you've not played here before, it is probably a bit of a shock to the system. Um, but I think he's adapted fantastically and each game he's grew and, and got gradually better. Um, and I think, you know, we've we seen glimpses of it uh, against Everton. I think we've seen in that game probably, you know, the, the worst and best of him. But I think since then, the other day, that performance was, you know, chalk and cheese to anything I've seen before. And I think he'll only get better from that. Um, the confidence that that kind of performance will, will give him now um, against a really good side um, as well. Not just, you know, a, 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 an average team, Tottenham, who are up there in the league. You know, they've got some really good players in that um, area of the pitch where he was operating. And I think he was, for me, um, man of the match. I think he he dominated and, and did everything that we've seen him do over the years for Real Madrid. So, obviously, looking forward to him now, uh, growing, getting better, learning um, from Ten Hag, fitting into that style of play and the system that we're trying to implement. And as I say, I think from from this point on, he'll, he'll go from strength to strength. So, yeah, really looking forward to see how he uh, progresses. Yeah. I think, I think too, just to add to that, just before I lose it in my head, um, the confidence having a player like Casemiro just sitting in front of that back four must give to the back four, must be immense. I know if I, if I was playing now and I had a player like Casemiro, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's a it's a great thing to have knowing that you know he's he's gonna he's gonna give you that extra protection and he's gonna help you out a lot more which we've not had for a while you know what I mean off a off a play of of, of that nature so I think as a back four to it's it's also giving the midfield confidence but it's also giving the back four confidence too which for me is a great thing yeah yeah absolutely and I think on the flip side I think on the flip side of that as well not only the defenders, I think players who are going forward as well, knowing that he's that kind of player that can sit in there and, you know, if we do, you know, get get counted on, we're, we're confident that he can be somebody who can break up that play and, and sort of fill in them little gaps and, you know, smell the danger, if you like. So, I think both both ends of the pitch, he's been a massive bonus and a massive plus for us. So, yeah, he, he's been, you know, fantastic and looking forward to seeing how he um, keeps growing and, and getting better as well. Yeah, a lot of love for him, um, definitely between us three and also in the comments. Hella says, Casemiro Martinez with a fit Varane, big improvement on my heart rate and blood pressure, less heart burn too, yeah, for sure. I think he definitely helps at the triumvirate there. You've got Varane, Martinez and De Gea, I think they're all Spanish speakers, so you've actually got a really good call. And Casemiro as well, he, he, he adds to that and... I was just going to say, I think, I think how much of that Latinos, I was just going to say that with them. <laughs> yeah, there's a common theme there for sure. And Nico says, love this boy, Casemiro. I knew he was good, not this good. Rolls-Royce of a CDM with bite. Rory says, evening, lads. Casemiro is like Ron Seal. He does exactly what he says on the tin. Feels like Tenog. Didn't know what that was. But when he sits in front of that back four, very little gets past him. Simplicity. Um, Nikos agree. A solid triangle of Martinez, Casemiro and Varane is the base, which makes me believe we will have a good season. Um, so, lads, five words or less. So we've seen United play the other night with all the kind of characteristics that you, you want to see from a good United side. I want to know what those qualities are to you. So, if you're looking at a good United side, what? and you don't have to use all five words, you can just use one if you want. <laughs> good attacking, hopefully be a little bit more articulate than that. Um, I'm sure you both will be. Um, Lee, I'll come to you first. Um, five words or less, what's the... Um, and, and get these in your comments as well if you're watching. Um, five words or less, what does a, a good Manchester United side, uh, what qualities do they have? 
So I've just wrote five words then. What well, as soon as you said it, it came into my head within 30 seconds and I wrote them down, mate. It, it's the, the first one was pressing, the second one was confidence, the third one was work rate, the fourth one was passion, and the fifth one was ability. To because we know the team and we know the players have got natural ability, you know, and they're a real, real good squad. They just need to show the confidence. They, I mean, they all intertwine with each other. You've got the ability. You need to have the confidence in yourself to show the ability. So I can't. They kind of link into each other. But that's the five. And I feel like with the match what we watched the other day, them five points was shown off one to eleven. To be honest with you. So yeah, that's my five words, mate. Um, Phil, they're great, by the way, Lee. They're great. Yeah, probably got a couple of same as Lee. That I had uh, desire, um, confidence quality and work rate i think that you know they're the four main components to any successful team um if you if you've got you know all them you, you, gotta, you know end up with you know more more wins and, and more positives than negatives i think any team has to have a base of players who work hard every single week you've got to have players who play with confidence because we seen last year you know certain players you know like rashford you could see he was totally shot of confidence and what a different player he's been this season when he's got his confidence back. Yeah. Uh, desire, you know, you need to be going on that field knowing that you're representing the club, you're representing yourselves, you're playing for the fans, you're playing, you know, and you, you, you're trying to win three points. It's not, you know, just a kickabout and it doesn't matter. You've got to have that burning desire to want to win games of football. Um, and for me, the quality as well, you know, we've, we've got players now in the team that have added that extra little bit of quality that, that we've started uh, seeing a lot more on a consistent basis. And what, what's nice to see too, Phil, and you'll know this with growing up at the club and, and so do I, you need to have, <clears throat> pardon me, you need to have team spirit, to, no matter how yeah. many players you've got in your team and, you know, you could have the world's best players, but if you're not playing as a team and you've not got that team spirit, it's, it's not going to work as a team itself. You know, you can't just have individuals that pull you through. Um, you might be able to have a, one or two games, but over a season, you need you need that cohesion within the team, and what's nice to see now is when someone's putting in a tackle or doing something well, you can see them going over and high fiving each other, rubbing each other on the heads. It looks like they're getting that you know that 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 belief in the team, um, and that's going to be massive for the season for me. If if they can keep that, they can keep that camaraderie up between each other, then um, you know we we could have a decent season. Yeah, some, some yeah, good no, in here. Mark says pace, intensity, resilience, flair, attitude. Hella, um, strength, courage, consistency, togetherness, passion. I love these. It's like a, a focus group, isn't it? Like we're I, all think learning. A, I think that's a massive one too, is consistency, which is a, is a great one because, you know, we, we have been inconsistent over the, a, a lot of years. You know, it looks like we're turning a corner and then we can have a run of eight bad games, then we'll have a great game. And then, so the, the consistency thing is a great one too. Yeah, um, Nikos has come in. Almost didn't want to read it out, but I'm going to. Attractive, attacking, passionate, positive, speed. That's just my bedside manner. <laughs> um, moving on, because we did have a comment um, from Somia. He's um, talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. We've got 25 minutes in, and somehow we haven't mentioned the R word. Um, being a United fan since 2006, I've seen early since where we were successful with Rooney and Ronaldo. Rooney, uh, Ronaldo will always have a special place in my heart, but what he did that day was wrong. Eric Tenog doesn't have a great bond with him, so we can sell him and get someone. Get your comments in, guys, about what you think about Ronaldo. 
Richard says, evening all. Richard, yeah, tell us what your thoughts are on what Ronaldo did the other night. Uh, Phil, obviously, I, I posted a tweet about this because obviously we've seen 48 hours since the game and the initial reaction was, oh, he's got up and he's left and it's like, what, what's going on there? And I, I, I'm i sure you saw me tweet about it and like, I was a little bit, I don't like criticising players. I don't like doing that anyway. Um, but especially not when you, he's been through a lot this year. I didn't want to be like lumping on this and like going, oh, always oh, being unprofessional. You just don't know. You don't know what's going on. But but he did leave before the final whistle. By all accounts, he left the stadium before the game was over, and he wasn't in the dressing room when the team was celebrating. Um, and, and you know, everyone's come out and said, oh, he wasn't missed. All that sort of nonsense from the journalists. Which I'm not going to again, not lumping in, but Ten Hag has specifically come out today and said he asked him to come on against Spurs and he didn't, you know, he said no and, um, well, he refused to come on. And then obviously the club have taken this decision reportedly to fine him. What we know for sure, because the club have announced it, is that he's not going to be involved in the squad tomorrow. So there's obviously disciplinary action taken on that. And, it brings this consequential question that everyone's saying yet again, is this the time we cut our losses with him? And we probably have, in my opinion, we've reached the end of the road with him. Um, it's a difficult scenario because we're just before the World Cup. Um, you know, he didn't have any takers in the summer. I think that it was quite widely agreed within that last couple of weeks. The club were quite, they were happy to listen to offers if they received something in there and nothing worked because of the wages that he was on and because a lot of clubs had already done the transfer activity. And obviously the Champions League, you know, narrowed the list of the clubs that he wanted to go to as well. Um, it's a very difficult situation. I mean, and, and you guys were both around him at the club, so I'm not asking you to throw a former team player under the bus, but he's the highest profile player in the world. It was a decision that he made that he knew would make headlines. He's come out and he hasn't apologised, but it amounts to an apology that he posted on social media. A lot of people say, oh, he didn't apologise. I think what he posted pretty much amounted to it. You know, he's saying, I did something wrong. I acted out with the other moment, that kind of thing. Um, might be a PR spin, but it is a post nonetheless. Phil, what, what did you make of it? Um, it was it was not great to see, but how how much are you disappointed with him? How much do you think now? Now you know we've with Ten Hag, he's had this happen before, and he got rid of the play without playing him again. Where do you stand on this with um, what's happened with him over this week? Yeah, I mean it's it's a tricky one for me. I mean, obviously Cristiano Ronaldo's been and he still is my favourite player of all time. Um, Idolise the guy. Absolutely love him. Um, obviously followed his career since obviously he joined the club. Um, and for me, what he's done and you know what he's achieved in the game is you know extraordinary. We we probably won't see you know anybody, um, you know, likes of him and Messi come along for a very long time. Um, so for me, I think you know what he's done is completely out of order. Um, he's he's you know disrespected his teammates, the manager. Um, and that's that's for me, you know, unacceptable. And I think the club and and I, and I think Ten Hag has dealt with it magnificently. I think he's, you know, dealt with it really quickly, swift action. He's made a he's put his mark down. You know, he, he's not really bothered about you know Cristiano Ronaldo, the world superstar. He's he's dealt with it. He's gave the punishment, and he's he's shown and sent a message to the rest of the team by doing that, saying, 
you know, this is the the rules and stuff that we've got at the club. If you don't stick to them, and if you you know don't show and respect the the rules, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, you're going to have a consequence to pay. So I think the manager's done absolutely fantastic, and I think the punishment is is worthy of you know the action that he did. So missing the game, getting fined two weeks' wages. You know, if he has to train on his own for a couple of days or whatever, then you know. That's that's great, and I think obviously that that's all the club can do from their standpoint. In regards to Cristiano and the way he dealt with the situation, I think for me, I was thinking about this long and hard, and I was trying to put myself, you know, in his position. Um, you know, after you know being such a prolific goal scorer, playing every single week at the top level, um, you know, for fifteen plus seasons, um, and then coming to a stage in his career now where in his mind, he still feels as though, you know, he's the best player in the world. He's still got a lot to offer. Um, he's, he's still um, in his head, you know, got, you know, stuff that he can do on the pitch. Um, I think as a club and as fans, you know, we're all aware now that Cristiano Ronaldo is not the player that he once was and that he's, you know, not able to play every single week like he has done for the past, you know, however many seasons. Um but I just think in his mind and in his head, because of the drive and the passion and the sort of levels that he sets himself, he, he sees that, you know, him not being on that pitch as as the manager may be disrespecting him, disrespecting him and, you know, not thinking that he's um, up to the task. And I think for me, I think at this moment in time now, we've come to a position and we've come to a stage where I think it probably is best for both parties if he does move on. I think in January, um, I think for, for himself, you know, where he could go somewhere else and probably play. I think obviously Ten Hag set out his stall now with the way he wants to play. I think the the, the style of play and um, sort of the intensity that that, that that needs doesn't really suit Cristiano. And I think... I think it just probably is the time now where it, it's um, a situation he still feels as though he can play week in, week out and has a lot to offer, which I admire him for. And I, and I still think he can do that. Um, but at this moment in time and, and at Manchester United, where we are as a club, I think, yeah, it, it's probably the, the right time for him to move on. Lee, what did you make of it? I mean, it's obviously it's a difficult thing to, to look at. It's not, and you know, a lot of people are reveling in it. I'm certainly not because he's a player that I don't, um, I certainly don't dislike. I don't harbor any ill will over even the transfer requests, although, like, you know, they're treating me like a slave, all that. Just part of the game. I'm not really that bothered. I do think that he has a genuine affection for United. I don't think he's completely selfish to the point where it's only about him. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Richard says in the comments here that Eric Tenog has handled the situation well, like you know, like Phil said. Um, where, where do you stand on this? Obviously, it's a very, very difficult scenario. I, I agree, Tenog has handled it magnificently, the best way that he could have done. And we should say as well, he's had the backing of the club to do so because in the past, with lesser players than Ronaldo, managers have not been backed. So he's obviously been backed in, in a really um, intense power m- moment. And he's been back to sort of handle that transition. Um, what do you make of it? Obviously, we, we want to be talking about United winning 2 0 against Spurs, and, and we have dedicated 20 odd minutes to it, but we've got to talk about Ronaldo. And it's a bit sad that, it's sad even from Ronaldo's perspective, that he did that when the team had played so well. Yeah, yeah, there's not much really more to add than what Phil said. <laughs> um, like I say, as a player, um, 
everybody knows how, how good he's been. The world's best, especially in our, for me in our generation. If if not, you know, he's up there ever. Um, and I think it's a classic uh, scenario of <clears throat> in his head. He's probably still thinking the same as when he was thinking when he was twenty one and twenty two. But his body won't let him do what he could do five six years ago. So when he's head, he's still thinking, you know, I will get me on the pitch, I'll do this and do that. But age catches up with everybody, unfortunately, it has to. Um, so it's a difficult situation for him too, because obviously he's had take yourself outside of football, what's happened this to him this year, and he's had a you know a, a pretty rotten rotten year anyway. And then to go to, you know, the club you love, um, especially when all the other clubs you've been number one, the number one player for every club and scored so many goals for them and first name on the team sheet to then, you know, not be starting every game and, you know, getting asked to warm up in injury time. He's probably seen it as a bit of a kick in the teeth, but, you know, it's, you've, you've got to come to the realisation sometimes that you're not as good as you used to be. And we all know he's not as good as he used to be. I know he was our top goal scorer last season, but it, it can't... If, if it was me and I was 10, I'd put it one way. And Rashford showing the confidence he's showing, I would be playing Rashford up front mm. instead of Ronaldo. Um, and that's not, uh, you know, anything against Ronaldo or anything like that. It's just, he's watching every week in training, off the field, on the field, he's putting performances in and he's going to be choosing his team off that. And third place to 10, because like I say, he's not going with the norm of, oh, we've got Cristiano Ronaldo, we need to play him. It's Ronaldo, get him on. He's playing people, it looks like, on merit, which I, I totally agree with. Um it's just it's just a hard situation, you know. We all love Ronaldo. Ronaldo, I think, loves the club. Like I say, it's just it's just probably coming to a time now where it's probably a bit like you said, best to part ways. Um, let him go and have a last who are somewhere else, you know. If, if I was Cristiano, I'd be going to America or somewhere like that. That's what I would personally be doing, you know, getting idolised over there, making plenty of money. Um, that you know, finishing my career off on a high instead of trying to compete at a level now where he's probably not got the physical ability to to match these up and coming young lads like your Harlings and people like that you know the at, at the minute you know he, do, he doesn't get into into that category and it's a shame it's a real shame because he's you know he's been the best for a long long time but yeah Lee, not really... Lee just a quick one as well I, I heard this point before and I think it's a, a really really good point on Cristiano I'm interested to, to hear your yours and Wayne's thoughts on this because I, I actually didn't really think about this but Obviously, Cristiano being, you know, the player he's been for the last 15 years, you know, he, he's probably never, ever been told no in his career. He's probably never had to answer to anybody. He's probably always thought he was guaranteed to start. He's probably, you know, it's probably shot to the system to to sort of, for him to sort of come to the realisation that, you know, I'm not going to be starting games every single week. You know, I might not be, you know, the main man here. I might not, you know, be playing in games that I think I'm going to be playing or getting as many minutes on the pitch that I, I probably feel as though I deserve. So I think when you've been at that level that he's been at for such a long time and, and with the you know, accolades and, and the, the, the sort of, you know, trophies that he's won a lot that goes along with that, I think sometimes as a player, I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes as a player that's been at that top, top level, you know, and, the, and some of the, you know, seasons and the goal returns that he's had, to come to a point now where he's at and being told, you know, you're not starting, you're not playing, you're only going to, you know, play every other game and, you know, this kind of thing. I think for me that that must be hard to sort of deal with from 
his point of view as long as as well as everything else that he's had going on this year, you know, with the the, the baby and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it is totally out of order what he's done. But I think, you know, sometimes, as we say, we are only human. I think for somebody like him who's had the career that he's had, you know, sometimes it, it might just be, you know, he's he's lost his head for that moment in time. I'm just interested to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah, it was kind of what it was kind of what I was bored with on trying to say anyway, Phil, if I'm being honest. Like you say, he's, he's, yeah. he's so used to being number one for so long and it's probably so hard for him to come to the realisation that, you know, he, he can't do what he, he used to be able to do. He's probably frustrated in himself, you know what I mean? Like yeah. say when he gets the ball, he can't take the ball and, and beat anyone for pace anymore. You know, the, the defenders have caught up with him, they're quicker than him. You know, he's, he's not the same player. It must be really, really disheartening for him and his head, for want of other words, he's probably up his backside with it a lot. You know what I mean? And let's be honest, Phil, you would have done it and I've done it. Frustration through football, it makes you do silly things. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I've done silly things with frustration. And yeah. oh, I, I, I put on, on the point what you went at, I can only like say I, I finished football at 21 because um, of injury. Um, and then about 26, 27, I just went playing semi-pro for Wigan Robin Park. Um, and I even remember then when I went back and started training and I felt like you know I was getting back into it. I was nowhere near the play what I was when I was 21. And that yeah. was disheartening then for myself. Yeah. So imagine being at the level Ronaldo's been at. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's got to be hard to take for him. And uh, it's hard. I, I totally disagree with what he did. I, I don't think it's right. He shouldn't have done it. He should have had more respect for the club. He should have had more respect for himself, more respect for the fans doing it. But I can understand why he's done it, if that makes sense. And the other thing, the other point I'd get across too, if it wasn't Ronaldo, what did it? If it was any other United player, they wouldn't be after press going on, would they? It's just because it's Ronaldo, it's getting such, for me, it's getting highlighted so much because it's Ronaldo. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah I guess if it, even if it was, let's say... I think if Sancho did it or anyone like that, yeah, you know, it would have been mentioned, but... Camera wouldn't even be on them, probably. Yeah. They've probably just gone down the tunnel. That's it. Do you know what I mean? It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been anything. And it, you know, you're both absolutely right in what you're saying. I didn't I didn't think about it from that perspective before with Ronaldo. I think there are two things, aren't there? The first is that, well, there are many things, but two things come to my mind. And the first is that he was he's obviously been chasing that Champions League record. Where he's very cautious of it with Messi, and we don't know if he's if Messi's going to bridge that gap. But you know he's very conscious of it, and he wants to make sure that he's keeping the gap. Um, and it's going to be tough for him to do that. Um, you know he's probably already looking at not even the knockouts. He might think Chelsea, but he's probably looking at who in Portugal is going to be in the top two next season. Who's going to play in the Champions League and play in the group stages? There's that. The other thing that as well, I've got a little bit of sympathy with him. Well, I've got a lot of sympathy with him because, like you said, Father Time's caught up to him and it's not great to watch that. But the other the other side of it is that he's been asked specifically to do certain things, right? They've said, oh, he's not pressing forward. But nobody can say that they've watched Ronaldo this season and said that he hasn't tried to press. Mm. You know, he's tried to execute that game plan. He's never, when he's been on the pitch, you haven't seen him do, like, you know, he was a little bit in, in last autumn when, you know, when things were really going bad, you could see that he was getting frustrated, you know, we're like 4-0 down against Liverpool and he's looking around going, what's going on? You haven't seen that under Tenog. You've seen him go on and be willing. And I think his frustration comes in the things that he probably thinks when he gets, he sees Rashford getting to the positions that he does and he's quite profligate with the chances. He thinks I could have scored that and yeah. it may well 
be able to do that in the positions that he's in. But it's Rashford's legs that are getting him into those positions. And it's the devil in the deep blue sea for Tenor. What what does he, he do in that situation? Ronaldo, I don't think his legs are completely gone because we saw with the Everton game, you know, he, and he probably, against Spurs, he could have probably got away with it because Dyer's not the quickest, you know, he's got the space to do that. He probably did. That's probably kind of why he threw the hissy fit because he's thinking I scored a hat trick against these guys five five or six months ago. I'm not that mm. far away, but yeah, I, I just think with everything that's gone on, it is probably time to sort of call it a day and, and find the best exit. At one point over the last 24, 48 hours, I was thinking they're probably going to see a repeat of the Roy Keane thing where they'll just make an announcement that they've cancelled the contracts or something. But they haven't. He's he's still there. He'll probably be there. I think they, even Ronaldo and Mendes, will be talking to the club saying just keep him around until the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? He's he's got to be there. Do you know until the World Cup? Um, Heller says I think this summer when there were no clubs going in for him must have been a shock and a wake up call. It's a completely unfamiliar situation for him, and it's sad to be honest. I recognise the extreme skill and what he's achieved for every club he's played at. He's never been my favourite, and that's due to the body language and attitude, not what we needed. Um, Richard kind of agrees with that. He says, very petulant behaviour from Ronnie. He's embarrassed the club and himself. We need to sell in January because he's clearly not part of Eric's plans. I don't even think there'll be a fee at this point. Um, and Nikos says, more with his antics, his physical attributes. It's like me when I go to pub. I still think I'm 21 years old. I can't do the same things anymore. Should have seen. I'll, those. I'll, I'll second that one. I'll definitely second that one. I was going to say, like us three on the podcast, Christmas do. Um, last year. <laughs> <laughs> we had the idea of 12 o'clock, but the body of 10 o'clock. Um, all right, so we'll talk about Chelsea preview um, tomorrow. We're going this time tomorrow. We'll know the result. Um, Chelsea have been really, really good under Graham Potter. He's got a little bit of that style already working. Uh, we, and we, you know what you're going to get from a Graham Potter team. His Brighton teams usually outplayed us, um, and sometimes they battered us as well, um, especially at their place. So he's going to know um, exactly what to expect from United, and he's going to be, you know, he's already beaten us once this season and outplayed us at, at Old Trafford as well. So he's going to be fancying his chances for um, a second win with, theoretically, a better group of players um, Lee, come to you first with this. It's a difficult one, but he's had a great start. You know, he's won in the San Siro. You know, I know it's not the place that it used to be in terms of football, um, football royalty at the moment, but it's still in terms of football heritage. If you can go to a big club and one of your first wins is at the San Siro, then it's a significant tick. And they've done quite well in the league so far. Um, well, they've done very well in the league so far under um, Graham Potter, not put a foot wrong. Uh, what are you expecting tomorrow? More of the same with what we're seeing against Tottenham. I wouldn't expect nothing less now, to be honest with you. I think we play the same way. I'd stick with the same team, if I'm being completely honest. Um, keep the confidence going, keep the high intensity going. He's a fantastic manager. He's, he sets his stall out well. We know that part with, with the teams, what he's brought to us before. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. There's going to be uh, plenty of. I mean, look at the, the forward players they've got. You know, they've got an abundance of forward players. What's going to keep Martinez and hopefully Vivani they're both playing together on the toes. But I, I'm 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 less worried after watching that Tottenham game than I would be any other time. I think if we if we can build on that, I think we give any team in the league a game. So I just 
kind of expect more of the same as what we did against Tottenham. I, I'm not sure if we've uh, have we got any injuries from the game or are, are we still are we still all fit? That you know the starting eleven a day still all fit. I'm I'm not sure. No new concerns. I think he said Martial's still out. So yeah, yeah. So I'd I'd, I'd completely just keep it as it was if everyone's fit. Um, take them with the same game plan. Um, and I can see us getting a result, and I'm I'm quite confident at saying I can see us getting a result if if we carry on playing the way with it, and and we stick our chances away. Yeah, um, Phil, it's an interesting one because if you look at Ten Hag this season, I'm not going to say he's faultless. He's made a few errors with his selections and his game plans. Does it help him that he's played against the Graham Potter side? Then you know what it would mean. He's like the first half against Brighton, it was like he was caught a little bit cold, but he made the changes at half time. It was like all right, we we were a little bit better. Is it? I mean, they're playing the same kind of way. Graham Potter's not going to set his team up to play any different. Um, obviously, they've got different qualities in the players. Um, do, do, it's not going to hurt him, is it, Ten Hag, that he's already played, uh, played against him? No, definitely. I think, you know, that's, you know, the, the fine details that these top managers, you know, go through. And, you know, after already playing him when he was at Brighton, I think, as you just said, it's a similar style, similar system. Um so I think that will definitely benefit and definitely help. Um, but for me, I think Ten Hag's the type of manager where, you know, he's more concentrating on what we do and, and how we go about winning that game of football. And I think, you know, coming off the back of our best performance that we've we've had in, in a number of years, certainly. Um, for me, it's just, you know, you, you don't really need to say much other than, you know, same again, lads type of thing. Because, as I said, I think it was the most complete performance we've we've had for a long while. Same team, same attitude, same desire, same energy and same quality. You know, we, we definitely get a result. I think Chelsea have been really good this year. Um, but, you know, we've seen tendencies that they are, you know, susceptible and we can get at them. And I think if we, you know, play the way we did um, the other day, then, you know, we're more than capable of getting the three points. Um, I think, you know, if we play the way we did against Tottenham, you know, every game, you know, we give every team a game, even Man City, I think. You know, the other the other week when we played them, you know, that was nowhere near the levels that, you know, we, we was the other day. So, you know, that's the benchmark now we set. And I think, obviously, you're not going to be able to hit that every single week. But, you know, we need to be, you know, consistent and, and trying to, you know, hit that level of performance as much or as close to that as as, as often as we can. And, and, you know, we won't go far wrong this year. I think if, if, they, if they, the intensity and the passion, which they should be able to it every week anyway. I'm not saying they might be able to it the ability yeah. every week, but if they, 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 yeah. they do the, the basics right, which you said, the pressing and the running and the intensity and the will to win, if we get that right every week, then like you say, we should be able to give anyone a game, mate. I think yeah. I can only see, the, the only change I can see, I've got a feeling he might drop Fred and bring Ericsson in. Well, let me let me come on to that because I wouldn't be filling keen shoes if I with any um, appropriate quality if I didn't talk about the team selection and score prediction. I'll just go to comments before I do that. Richard says, um, as long as we don't get beat, I'll be okay with it. A draw's not bad. We need to go for the win. We've got the team to do it. Heller says, if we play like we did on Wednesday, we can take this. Chelsea are inconsistent and have weaknesses. They drew against Brentford, who were relentless energy and pace. It's exactly the same kind of quality as Lee was just talking about. Um, okay, so Lee, I'll come to you first. Team selection, score prediction. And by the way, Keno will be watching this back. You're not allowed to make like post-match declarations of your team lineup and score, Keen. You've got to watch it back. You've got to give 
Um, I'm sure you'll be in touch with the lads to give them your team selection and score prediction before. So, um, Lee, um, you and your team and score prediction. Uh, 2-0 United. And I think he drops Fred and brings Ericsson in, but I think he keeps us the same. So, De Gea, De Lover, and Martinez Shaw, Casemiro, Ericsson, Fernandez, Antony, Sancho and Rashford. Even though you'd keep Fred in? You think I'd, he'll... Keep, I'd keep Fred in, but I think he'll bring Ericsson back in and drop Fred. Yeah, Phil? I just think he'll keep the same team uh, from Tottenham. I think after that kind of performance, I don't think anybody deserves resting, dropping, whatever. Just keep that momentum going. Same performance, same team. I'm going to go for 2-1. I think it'll be a closer game. I think Chelsea are um, always good for a goal. Um, but yeah, I think you know if we can match match their intensity and, and you know keep the quality levels up to... Um, what they have been recently, I, I think we can just sneak a, a two-one win, which would be a great result. And the seven points from the three games that I said would be a great return. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know what, De Gea. I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but De Gea is four hundred and ninety-nine. He's five hundredth in his five hundred and first game for United. He kept clean sheets in all of them. He's climbed over the mountain. He's done quite well with that. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd like a fourth one. I'd, I think, yeah, Chelsea are good for a goal there um, and they're playing quite well at the moment, even even though they don't have reached James, apparently that's what they're saying in the comments and he, James might even be out of the World Cup and I, I'll be honest, not just saying it because I, I don't like Liverpool, but I, I rate James as the best right-back in the country. So he, I think he's definitely the best full-back. He'd been starting to for England all day long for me. Yeah, so... Most complete uh, in terms of... All round package. I think you know he's defensively and offensively really, really good. It was amazing at Wigan when he when he was a young lad and he came to Wigan. He was absolutely phenomenal at Wigan. And I remember some of my mates were avid Wigan supporters saying he will be England's right back. And I was like, I don't. Want, I'm going at Wigan. They, they knew what they was. They knew what they were talking about. Unfortunately, probably not going to be this this um, winter because of um, because of the injury. Um, it looks like it, but. Um, does bode well for our chances tomorrow. If you've enjoyed uh, watching the YouTube, uh, watches on YouTube or Facebook, do um, please leave a comment below and, and give us a like and subscribe as well. We do feel um, do feel free to comment as well because we do um, reply to comments after the live shows. Um, if you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. It's been a great show with the guys. Really appreciate the time. We'll be back. Well. I don't know if I'll be back next week. Maybe I will, but maybe Keen will be back as well to um to take over. Um yeah. We miss Keen. We'll get Keen back on. Even if I'm back on, we'll bring Keen back on. Of course we will. Um thanks a lot for watching. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will be back next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.